inspiration it, it feeds off really easily to other people so mm-hmm. um you know we have more artists creating and that's just going to spur more artists and more artists and the quality is is really good right now and but like i said we need to collaborate more i feel like that's mm-hmm. one of the main things like a lot of people are posting about it and you know we try to like reshare those stories and post as much as possible but pretty much like if we focus on working together and like you know helping each other fill in the gaps that we have then everyone's going to rise faster like mm-hmm. everyone's missing things or everyone has strengths and weaknesses it's just human so when you have different teams or different camps of artists you know there's no point in not mixing those two and like collaborating if it's right. for the greater good Manuel, would you uh, care to join me? Oh, you seem to be muted. Oh, now you're not. I am not muted. I'm here. All right. All right. Okay. Would you would you care to join us in a little little voice exercise like we used to do back <laughs> in high school? The music uh, show. No, I'm good. No? I think in the, maybe in the in the in the, in the gam in the gam. This <laughs> it's a bit late for that. No. What? It's never too late. Uh. <laughs> I'll, I'll wait patiently for you. If you wait, lead us. Okay, let's go. All right. (laughs) I'm waiting for you. What's going on? I'm waiting for something to happen. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, God. We're missing Sylvie. We need Sylvie. Oh, Sylvie. Shout out to Sylvie. Shout out to the real real face people. You know, those those jean dresses of hers. I'll never forget that. Red spikes. Red spikes. She was was quite something. (laughs) All right. Context for Luca and Alex. The beginning of every music chant class is a singing class. All right. We would have to do our warm ups, you know, uh, to to, to get your vocal cords nice and uh, and warm. Warm, moist. Mm-hmm. Or, or, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> anyway, long story short, right? Sylvie was one of our teachers, and she had she was quite colorful. Literally, she had red hair. Um, yeah, and she's spiky. What a punk, right? <laughs> Damn. And Jean dresses. She's wild. And her son was a rapper. Really? Yeah, one day, uh, like, we were having a chill class, and she wanted to show the whole, uh, like, 100-student class her son's rap. But uh, mm-hmm. it was actually surprisingly good. And everyone was like, damn, we didn't expect this from uh, our teacher with the red spiky hair, super Quebecois <laughs> lady. Like, we're like, what the hell? But yeah. Oh, damn. Surprised mm-hmm. us. Uh, he says, yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. I, I think so. I think so. All right. Let's bring it back to the intro. Yeah. Welcome back, <laughs> everyone, to the next episode of Alpha Relations. We were joined today with by a very, 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 very special guest, a longtime friend. You know, there he is. You know, he just, I want, I want to chuckle. I want to hug him. I could kiss him virtually, but I mean, <laughs> it's just not the same. It's just not the same, you know? Don't worry. Your girlfriend will understand. Long story short, I present to you Manny Matthews. Ladies and gents, gas gals. Hey. Let's go. Well, What's good, good, guys? Well, What's good? All's good. All's good. Luca, the man said what's good. <laughs> Don't press him. He's good. He's All good. is good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, just for a little context for, for the peeps out there, Emmanuel, uh, Manny here and I, we go we go way back. We go 17 years back. A long time. Yeah. Like it's going to be our, our 20, 20th anniversary is coming up in a few years, man. You know, <laughs> it's true. 17 to 20. Exactly. That's how I see it. You might as well round up, you know, <laughs> day ones. That's what you call a day one. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're, we're lifers for friendship here. Um, and I, I think, yeah, no, if I recall, we met in grade two, you know, at a yep. lovely you know, art, uh, art, artistic school in downtown Montreal called Face, Face School, like called Face. You know what's up if you've been there mm-hmm. and what the whole deal is. Um, yeah, and I've, I've known him ever since, and, you know, we, we have a lovely bunch of friends, you know, who you are out there, and he is, he's, he's a, a great person, he's doing some fantastic things, but we're going to explore into that, and he's going to tell us what is up. All right, so my good sir, so, what we like to do at the beginning of every episode. Yes, sir. 
You have the next couple minutes. I'm going to ask you a few questions. You tell us who you are. Tell us however you want. You can give us some alternative facts. You can give my dirty stories as well. I prefer that you didn't. <laughs> oh, God. Um, I'll save that for the after hours uh, podcast. Oh, okay. Stay tuned. <laughs> now we actually have to get a plan going here. Oh, <laughs> Let's do it, though. Let's do it. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. All right, man. So where are you coming from? Who is Manny Matthews? Damn, that's a big question. It is. I mean, yeah. So uh, I'm from Montreal, born and raised in LaSalle. Hey. Hey. Um, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Te- Texas. Texas. Oh yeah. Okay. So, you know, the the ones know. It's uh it's not the most famous uh borough in the city, I'd say, but we've got some real ones. So that's from fair. yeah, yeah, from LaSalle. But I went to school like you like you said in the intro at, at Face. So that's like downtown, you know, right on university, like near McGill. <clears throat> And that's a, it was a unique experience. I feel like from like first grade to 11th, pretty much I did like all my, my school there. It's uh it's really focused on art, but in a really broad way, like you do, you know, painting and like visual arts, but you're doing theater the next day you do singing and instrumentation, like you kind of cover everything. So it gives, well, it gave all of us a really, uh, I guess, a good look at a lot of the disciplines in art. And it allowed you to kind of see what fit best with you. Because it's like, uh, you know, I played an instrument and, and sang a lot, but I didn't really choose to pursue that. But it showed me what I did really enjoy within it. And I feel like it helped to carve the path that I'm, I'm on now pretty much. So, yeah. And just, uh, just to go back, what uh, instrument did you play, my good sir? A uh, French horn. Uh, it's like a brass instrument in the trumpet family, pretty much. And he uh, I still play it, actually. I have one, but, uh, you know. I'm kind of kind of fell oh, out. That's right, that's right. Okay. Yeah, I got gifted one actually for my graduation, so I was, I was no big. kidding. Oh, that's big, man. Yeah. My sister, yeah, yeah. Lucy plays the French horn. <laughs> what? What? No. <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, no, it's it's actually not. <clears throat> it's not the most popular instrument. Like it's in a in a band or orchestra, you'll have like just a couple. Mm-hmm. So it's like you know, it's kind of. I see it always in movies and shows and stuff. People people like to play jokes uh, about French horn players, but it's a tough instrument so it taught me a lot still what uh what, what do they say about french horn players i don't know like they always diss them in shows and stuff i, 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 just, I don't really get why but i guess it's like a it's seen as like a very you know like band very uh musical instrument it's not like your typical common like trumpet or something so, so basically like you're like the heart and soul of, <laughs> of being a band geek. yeah yeah exactly okay. exactly i take that though i take that with pride because likewise yeah, yeah. Yeah, you too. We get you know? that. Yes, sir. Um, that being said, so we explained, you know, the relation here to Alpha, and you you just said it like you you graduated. So what did you graduate from? And it was recent, no? Yeah, well, uh, you know, like I said, I did first to eleventh grade at Face. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I did Dawson. I did two years in just like general social science because I was I knew I didn't want to go into math and science and stuff, but I didn't really want to pursue music in Sejep because so we wanted a- to. <laughs> yeah you know just enjoy the transition i guess to university and just kind of study different things like I, i'm really interested in like you know religion and mm-hmm. geography and, and different like things history also so i could just take a lot of different courses and it allowed me to like study different things which is what i wanted so it was pretty good it was pretty blessed nice and uh that, based off of that you know i mean sejip is two years I think you did the, uh, the two-year experience uh, with no more time than that. What did that uh, lead to following up? Did you pursue university studies? Yeah, basically after Sejep, I was a little bit, I don't want to say lost, but I guess confused as to like what I really wanted to do. But uh, I was just studying uh, different programs at Concordia because I knew that I wanted to stay in the city still. Uh, I didn't want to leave Montreal. And journalism was actually the program that I uh, decided to go into just because it took some time, really. Like, I didn't know right away. But writing was always something I gravitated towards in, like, high school and Sejep. Like, I just knew that I liked to write and I always did pretty well with it. But I didn't like... I like being creative, but in music, not so much in writing. So I didn't want to go into fiction. So nonfiction is like, you know, reality. That's what I like to read. That's what I like to write about. And journalism was just what, uh, <clears throat> that's the the thing that seemed like I was most interested in. So yeah, I did my undergrad in that with a minor in poli-sci, 
because I was always interested in political science really a lot too. And uh, yeah, I graduated and I've been working full time now as a copywriter. So I just went into like marketing writing after uh, school just because uh, I didn't want to go into the field of journalism. Like I didn't want to be a journalist as I thought I did. So I, yeah, now I'm in marketing, which is more my vibe with like music too and stuff. It, it connects better. That's Very nice. Cool. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, this is coming you know, from experience from what you've told me, but uh, what, in this case, yes, you gravitate t- towards music, but um, what did you, starting off with uh, your major there in journalism, what did you start to gravitate towards? You know, was it more, I mean, you talk about realism in the sense of, you know, political sciences, you're interested in geography. So I imagine like world events that are happening at the same time, or is it something more on the local scene, you know, or with culture? Like, so. Yeah, that's a good question for sure. Um, I say like, when I, I went, I did my minor in poli sci because I was always interested in the world and like traveling and different cultures. Like that was my main thing. So I felt like, you know, I could be a journalist and go to different countries like Vice and go to report on different events around the world. That's what I kind of originally wanted to do. But after about, I'd say my first year in journalism, I kind of learned that like I wanted to pursue music more than I thought I did. Because, you know, I grew up with music, like I said, grade one to 11. I played music, sang in choirs like every, almost every day, every second day. And then I realized that after a year of school, I missed that. Like I really, you know, I wanted that to be in my life. And I, that's when I kind of gravitated more towards music journalism. So I, I started writing for the Concordian, like the, one of the newspapers at uh, Concordia. No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I started as a staff writer, then I became the assistant music editor, and then eventually I was the uh, music editor, so like the head of the music section. Wow. And that was pretty much what proved to me that like I needed to pursue music. Uh, yeah, pretty much. It. Um, I started working more, like you said, locally with the music scene in the city. So like, you know, going to events, you write reviews of the events, uh, you get tickets to shows, you interview artists and kind of just get a little deeper into the scene. And as I did that, I realized that like being a part of the music scene, whether it was like a, as a marketing person or as a writer for artists or as like an A&R, which I, I work as now pretty much like consulting for artists and producers and creatives. I learned that I wanted to be a part of that scene. Like that was just more my vibe and that's what makes made me the most happy and makes me the most happy. So it felt like, right. You know, Mm-hmm. That's actually really interesting. Um, I, that's what I wanted to ask you about. So you already spoke about a little bit about how you got into music and what led you to to music with schooling and stuff. Mm-hmm. But what's really like your drive and your wanting to get more into producing music? Like what about that interested you? Yeah, so I guess because Throughout Sejep, I had started uh, producing, like actually making beats and like, you know, instrumentals. Mm -hmm. I started doing that in Sejep because I had stopped music. Like I wasn't singing. I was singing in a choir after school, but I didn't do it for too, too long because it was hard to maintain with school. And then, um, yeah, I had missed music a lot. So I realized that, you know, I could download GarageBand and then Logic Pro X and you could just make music literally virtually. Mm -hmm. So I started doing that a lot. And, you know, I was I was getting okay. Like, I was learning because I had the musical knowledge and I could apply it. But it really does take a long time to, like, learn the softwares that you use. And, mm-hmm. yeah, it was kind of something I just did as a hobby, you know, making beats, you know, on the weekends sometimes when I was bored and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but then recently uh, I started getting more into, like, managing and doing A&R work and marketing work. So not so much actually making the music because mm-hmm. I realized I, I knew a lot of talented people who had been doing it for like 10 times as long as me. Mm-hmm. And I know music really well, but I don't always need to make it. I could help others make it or I could help deliver music that I think is good to, you know, the public or to other creatives that help make more music. So like mm-hmm. I could be a part of the process without being the rapper or a singer or the producer. Like, there, there, yeah. there needs to be a whole team. And I feel like the skills I have in school uh, can combine with like my background and, and fit like with the team really well. And it does because I work with a bunch of people. So it's, you know, it's going really well. That's really awesome. Mm-hmm. 
And and looking at within like the uh, Montreal music scene, what do you look for like in particular? Like, what is like your aim within like genres that you like to work with? Yeah, like Montreal is cool because I feel like right now, obviously, you know, I'm really experiencing it, so I can't speak on the past like generations. But I feel like the music scene in Montreal right now is like at the highest level it's ever been because mm-hmm. uh you know toronto's been the big scene in canada for you mm-hmm. know, the last pretty much few decades and montreal you know we have our music we have like quebec music like french music's actually pretty big and stuff like that but for the english scene of like you know contemporary music in montreal whether it's like hip-hop r&b neo soul anything like that it's right now is like crazy like not just during COVID, honestly, even before COVID, I would say like the last couple of years, uh, just the creatives and artists in Montreal have been, it seems like popping up much, much more than they were before. So it's mm-hmm. pre- it's adding to the creativity in the scene and like the amount of people making it and then the quality too. It's mm-hmm. it's like a, as the, a really high quality right now. And I feel like it's a great time to be, you know, working with other artists. And that's why I feel like what I do is so perfect because I work with artists and producers to try to like, you know, not just get them better, but like help them progress in their career. Mm-hmm. And that's like right now there's so many opportunities because everyone's trying to work. And then for sure with COVID, it gave even more people a chance to, you know, be creative and have time to work on hobbies that can turn into, you know, real careers actually. So mm. yeah. Do you have like a favorite uh favorite genre to work with in? Yeah, definitely like hip hop, uh hip hop R and B, I would say. nice yeah especially in montreal right now uh like like i said toronto is huge we have you know the weekend drake tory lanes all these huge toronto artists even justin bieber from ontario Mm -hmm. but uh montreal now i don't know if it's because we've been inspired so much by toronto or i guess more people are you know diving in and seeing what could come from it so it's Mm -hmm. just inspiring other people who have those same like passions to get into it and there's just so many artists like it's it's a great time right now and the collabing is increasing too which i think is we need mm. what are some of the artists that you've been working with like within montreal do you have any you want to just shout out and talk about <laughs> yeah definitely um i would say well i manage a, a producer called tybe um alan actually knows him ethan bearer that's his real name mm-hmm. and we went to school together at face uh he was in a different grade but you know we met there and we sort of uh became acquaintances and and then i've been following he's been making beats uh, for a long long time so i currently manage him yeah and that's just you know pretty much working trying to get him opportunities and and because producers and artists they want to work on music but they don't really want to have to worry about like networking and sending it to artists and managers mm-hmm. and talking you know they don't want to have to really deal with that when you know everyone has a life they have different things to worry about so the art is is one of the main ones but that takes up a lot of time. So yeah, I, I manage him right now. Um, and then other than that, I'm doing just pretty much marketing like slash PR work for uh, a couple of different artists. So it's like, you know, working consistently with them, trying to get opportunities and get their stuff out there. Mm-hmm. So uh, for that, it's mainly like Kahim Isaaca and uh, Yif. He's a producer for a group called Revo. Uh, it's coming out of like LaSalle, Lachine. I'm working a lot with them and, and they're creating like, a lot of good stuff, but you know, it's slowly coming out because you, the thing is you have to roll out everything strategically mm-hmm. and just, you can't just start dropping tracks like every week and expect a real, you know, consistent growth. Mm-hmm. So yeah, those guys, uh, work with seven LC a lot too, with marketing PR, you know, his whole camp, uh, cars, his manager, uh, he has really talented, like in-house studio, basically a uh, crazy space in the old port. So nice. you could check out yeah Lace Studio LC Records uh, on IG. Um, also working with Pape too, doing uh, marketing, PR, Sean JL, and yeah, the list goes on. You know, it's everyone's working, so it's it's not like I'm consistently just with only mm-hmm. one one camp or one artist, but it's kind of bouncing around and trying to help everyone progress and be consistently working while I do my my copywriting. You know, during the week, so. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. We could definitely link them at uh, in our description and all that stuff, so people could check them out. Of course. Mm-hmm. Okay, that would be blessed for sure. What a hustle you're on, man! <laughs> yeah, what a hustle. You know, you're it's you're, fast. You're, you're, you know, it is. You look, you're you're almost twenty four years of age, university degree. You're working forty hours a week, and how 
how many hours do you put towards um, music management and PR and all that? That's a good question. Honestly, it depends on the week. That's that's why I'm, you know you work with different people because everyone's working at a different pace, and it's not really like even if the music is you know each artist's or producer's main thing, it's like we everyone has a, a certain things that they have to balance in life. So each week, you know, changes. Sometimes there's a lot of work. There's crazy emails. We have to write a, a lot of different write-ups, bios. Uh, we're making press kits, different, you know, strategic rollouts, planning schedules. But some weeks it's more like everyone's working on their own thing. So you're kind of, you know, you're at your own base and you're working on your stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, you're creating maybe, but the actual, you know, you try to stay connected consistently to, to stay up to date with everyone. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, the hours for music stuff, it's... Probably like, I would say like 10 to 15 a week, probably. Hmm. But still, that yeah. on top of what you're already doing, it's, it's a grind, man. Yeah. it help, Well, COVID helps. Yeah. You know, there's not much. I think that was actually what, it's kind of crazy. Like that was one of the main things that pushed me into being a bit more consistent with like trying mm. to, you know, work in the music scene was when COVID hit, like there was just more time to think about your passions or at least for me, what I really enjoy doing and mm -hmm. what I want to see my, well, like what I see myself doing for the rest of my life and being happy doing it. And mm -hmm. yeah, that's what pretty much pushed me into this work. And I feel like it's only been growing since I started. So why not just continue? Hmm. Yeah. Well, how has been like your, your experience within like managing and your, your journey so far uh, in the music scene? Yeah, well, managing is definitely the, the most recent thing I've really ventured into because, like I said, uh, during university and after, I was really, you know, I'm a writer mm -hmm. by trade. Like, I went to school for journalism, so music journalism, that's like interviewing, that's mm -hmm. writing, editing. So when I first started working with artists, it was really as like a writer. I would work with uh, this talented uh, creative in Montreal called Ollie. Everyone in the music scene pretty much knows him, Ollie Evergreen. But uh, yeah, he's like, you know, he does a lot of uh, video directing and producing. And um, yeah, he's just like a talented hands-on guy, pretty much doing everything. So I kind of first, uh, he went to face also, by the way, Alan knows him too. Um, oh, okay. okay. Yeah, but I do. The name sounded familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. been involved in first, like, he's just been involved in the creative stuff in Montreal for a long time now. Okay. But uh, I connected with him basically because he needed a writer to do press kits for artists. So like, oh. you know, they would have photography, uh, photo shoots. He's a graphic designer too, and he can work in that field and stuff. But they, he needed someone to actually do the writing and get the writing done and interview the artist for bios. So I really started with that. And then my name just kind of got around more because people needed writers, you know, consistently. And that kind of turned into doing a little bit more because I guess a lot of people didn't really know the musical background I had at first, but over time, you know, you're like going to a studio to interview an artist and then you just start talking about music and listening to tracks. And then you realize that like, I just, I guess I realized I had like a lot to offer in that way, but mm -hmm. uh, the writing was sort of an end to like the, that whole life of like connecting with people that I didn't know before. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And that pretty much led to, like I said, doing more marketing and PR work. So being a little bit more hands-on with like the the artist in like the camp that they were working with. Mm -hmm. And uh, that, yeah, I mean, that comes with A&R work too, which is like basically helping, like I said, the creative process. But that's like in the studio with the actual music and connecting artists with producers and stuff like that. So it's sort of helping to support the the art being made, but you're not actually the artist. You know, you're like the the, the ears, like an extension of the ears for the artists and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um yeah so i was doing all that for for a while now but managing is uh, the most recent thing i got into because you know uh Tybe needed help with pretty much that domain with his his work and uh yeah since then we're kind of just been working and, and trying to get more stuff done and there's been a lot of opportunities coming so we're just kind of staying consistent with it and continuing to to put good work in because we in the end you the music speaks for itself you know so mm -hmm. You just kind of trust the quality of it, and it's it's a passion, so you never really want to stop. No, no, that's very true. Um, just regarding management, I think that's so interesting how that you've you've just gotten into that, especially given where you're coming from, <clears throat> and how everything is starting to unfold for you. What has been in 
in of course all of this being recent for you if you could just like polarize for us one instance that you are very fond of regarding management music management and one thing that you find uh, just rather challenging that you're still trying to wrap your head around i guess yeah as a manager you feel like your main role is really to support and like help mm-hmm. it's almost like you have to help inspire because it's hard to be a creative, you know, if you've ever made music or done music, it's like, you know, that it's something that can be forced, but it's kind of hard to be one person creating a lot and then doing everything else that needs to be done when it comes to, you know, getting that, mu- the, that music somewhere. So I feel like being a part of that process, it's, it's a beautiful thing because you don't, like I said, you're not the producer, you're not the artist, but you're, you understand everything they do. And you kind of just support that mission and sort of help it grow. So that's pretty much the the best part about it that I, I think is like, it's really motivating and it's, yeah, it's a really positive part of it. Thanks. And, and you said a negative side to it? A negative side, something challenging, something you'd be like, well, fuck, I hate this. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Kidding. Does, no, honestly, have to get to that extent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all good. But I wouldn't say for managing specifically, but I guess just working in music because it's a little bit easier to think about that. Um, mm-hmm. It's just the, like, I guess inconsistency sometimes. And I don't want to say inconsistency, like, not in the sense of people's work ethic, because I feel like, you know, if you surround yourself with motivated people, everyone's going to be hustling all the time. Mm. But um, more in the sense of, like, you could work for like 20 hours on linking up with someone and making music and getting demos done. And then nothing ever happens with that because it's just over time. Like someone Mm -hmm. could have the best song they ever made, but if there's a lot of things going on and then, you know, time passes by and it's not the right time to release it anymore, it's gone. So it's just like sort of music is like an investment that doesn't always pay out. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like the main thing I've probably learned that, you know, you don't really think about when you're like, Oh, I'm helping make music and I'm connecting this producer with this artist. And uh, this song came out of it and it was a crazy song. I want to play it every day. But then it's like, you know, that's, that's just the front end of it. That's like the, the fun part. <laughs> so there's mm-hmm. a lot of business and, you know, a lot of that stuff that goes into it too, which is a little different. Nice. Very nice. Well, actually, I wanted to talk about now a little bit um, kind of what you don't see about the music industry and all of that, which is around mental health. So what could you talk about, um, like about the mental health struggles that young and up and coming music artists like face, especially like with being online and all that stuff? Yeah, that's a great question because I feel like that's one of the main things that's plaguing like our generation in the music industry, especially with like hip hop and that genre, which is the most popular genre in music today, pretty much. You can consider it like the pop of our our generation. Um, It's just becoming so, I don't know, it's like competitive, but in an unnatural way sometimes because social media amplifies everything. Mm -hmm. So it's like in, let's say, I don't know, 50 years ago, everyone wanted to be the best musician and, you know, make the, get the most sales and sell out the biggest crowd that never, that, you know, that's been a thing for a long time, but with social media, I guess it creates like a lot of just negative energy connected to that. So instead of it being like natural competition and trying to be the best, it becomes like a, I don't know, like an ego thing or a. Mm-hmm. just something that it shouldn't be and then it becomes bigger than the music and then you're just you have issues that you don't even understand or you're taking substances to you know make yourself feel better because you're not as big as you want to be but it's like you just been making music for three years it's like there's just a lot of things that affect someone's health when they're working in an industry that's really fast-paced and really competitive and really subjective it's not like you make the best music and you're going to get paid the most. It doesn't work like that. Like I saw a quote that stuck with me on Twitter, I think it was. And it was like uh, it was like the music industry. And it said uh, 80% networking, 20% talent. So it was kind of like trying to break down what mattered. And I felt like, you know, obviously, I don't know if that's real. It's a very subjective mm-hmm. thing. But it, it does ring true in the sense that it's like – 
it just depends on who you know a lot of the time. Quality is, you know, you can make, like I said, you can make the best album, the best project, but if the right people don't hear it or enough people, it's just going to be that song or that project that everyone loves. But if you really want it to, you know, mean something or get to a certain level, it's like you're going to, there's a lot of pressure there for sure. So, and the grind, I can yeah. imagine. Yeah, exactly. It takes a lot of time yeah. and it doesn't pay out right away. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. Like, even if you're making great music and, you know, you've been consistent for, a, let's say, if a year or two, it's you need to get it like you need the right people to see it or just the right amount of people to see it for it to really get right. to a level that's, you know, giving you whatever you want. If if it's money or fame or whatever, but opportunities even it's it's is becoming kind of saturated too. like it's really easy to make music now. So everyone's doing it and youtubers <laughs> oh yeah yeah everyone oh, boy. and it's yeah. like it's cool because it you know the more people that make music the higher quality music you're gonna get so mm-hmm. in general you know if you think i guess statistically but it's like you also have to filter through a lot more like mm-hmm. not great stuff now so mm-hmm. there's there's a pro and con side to it but yeah i guess it's just like it's the rat race mentality is really toxic and then um yeah that's pretty much it i guess that's the main thing Mm-hmm. Are there are there any artists in particular, you know, that you've recognized, you know, that have been so impacted by this, you know, whether it's on the Montreal local scene or going to the the the, the broader international stage of sorts? You mean like uh, COVID, basically? No, no, not not related to COVID at all. In in this case, <laughs> like you mean. <laughs> Sorry, I lost track on that one. What was it's that? Oh, good. <laughs> in, in this case, like I mean, any artists, like I mean, that you just found that was clear as day that were clearly, let's say, young, upcoming, you know, full of talent, and just were submerged due to the pressures, especially to social media and the amount of competition, mm-hmm. and that led to perhaps going down a rabbit hole of um, substance abuse, if and if not, potentially suicide. Oh, I see what you're saying. Um. Honestly, no, not to, I wouldn't say to that level, just because Mm -hmm. first of all, in general, Montreal is still like a rising scene in like, especially hip hop and like, like contemporary R&B stuff like that. It's, um, I feel like we have a scene, but it's like, you know, it's not as high of a level as like, let's say Toronto or Mm -hmm. any big city in the US pretty much. So it's been, you know, I don't think the competition is as like cutthroat here because the opportunities are also like not super, super widespread. So it's like, I don't know. I feel like what I try to highlight a lot of the time is like people need to work together. You know, Mm. we could have a competition and try to be the best for sure. That's fine. But at some point it's like, if you limit the opportunities and the connections, you're only limiting your growth at the end of the day. Like you're limiting, you know what I mean? Like there's no point in not working with other talented people. If, I don't know. It's like that's something that we need to highlight. And I feel like that'll help the scene to grow and that'll help, um, you know, more opportunities to come to the area because that's how you create a hub. But until that happens, like I feel like it's just everyone's working towards it. So I haven't noticed any like super, super like downward spiraling uh, mm-hmm. you know, stories in Montreal just because I feel like there's not that much expectations so mm-hmm. no one's like, you know, no one's feels crazy let down, I don't think. But um, I do know, you know, I've spoken to artists, uh, artists in Montreal for sure that have expectations for themselves. Mm. And that sometimes, you know, it's hard to live up to. Like I said, music at the end of the day, you could be making your best music ever and you're getting better and better. But it's like you always have to be in reference to someone else because music is everyone's your competition. SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Music, everyone that's on there is your competition. Right. So, you know, it does uh, it does become stressful. And I know some artists have had a hard time with um, sort of putting that pressure on themselves and then that may be hurting their confidence or their creativity a little bit. But at the end of the day, that that's another thing that fuels me to do like A&R work and management and marketing. It's like I know it's hard to create because I've created music in different forms like producing French horn singing I've been around art and I've created it and I know it's kind of stressful if you have demands on that like it's one thing if you're doing it for fun on the weekends and after work or whatever but when it's like your whole career and your success depends on what you create and how successful that is that's a stressful thing like it's yeah it's hard to understand so 
I just try to be around the artists that, you know, I think are talented or create quality stuff or have really good potential. And I just try to like keep them on as like motivated and as like, you know, excited about music as possible. Cause then they're going to create the best music and then mm -hmm. we're going to make things happen. So it's like, just try to spur creativity and positivity and like uh, efficiency, like, you know, getting stuff mm -hmm. done. Yeah. I just try to help out with that pretty much. And nice. hopefully that can rise up the whole city. Cause I feel like right now we're stuff's popping and it's like, it's cool. You know, it feels like we're like a part of a little movement. Like we'll look back on this when we're older and like, Oh, <laughs> Montreal is so famous. Like, cause Toronto had that in the last decade or so, like they rose to a level that's like global. Yeah, they blew up. Mm -hmm. Global. Like, everyone knows Toronto. You go to any country, they'll know because of Drake or Justin Bieber or The Weeknd. Yeah. But mm -hmm. Montreal doesn't really have that now. So everyone's kind of motivated to create that. And I feel like it's making it's creating more positive energy than negative, actually. Mm. Mm -hmm. There's good momentum in the air. A lot yeah. of momentum. Yeah. That's why we're all, like, motivated and working. And it's mm -hmm. just COVID. COVID, honestly, really, like I said, it was positive because it got more people working and, like, right. you know, like even me, it got me way more into the scene, but it's hurting a lot of opportunities because you can't really shoot videos the same way. You can't mm -hmm. host any events. There's no shows. Like no. shows yeah. are a huge way to, you know, grow your following. Yeah. So mm -hmm. everyone's kind of hoping for that, but um, you know, there's no point to, to not work on other stuff just because we can't do that. So yeah, no, no, that, that's it. And if anything, <clears throat> Excuse me. How I, I've talked about this with, with several before, and with you too, uh, Manny, mm -hmm. uh, regarding like like a like a rebirth of an explosion of passion mm -hmm. once we've come out of this completely a renaissance, and it's like a renaissance of sorts, <laughs> like a modern day renaissance. You said it, you know. Um, but I, I truly see that happening because it already is happening, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. If anything, people are already setting themselves up for what comes next. And that is going to be a huge, I see it personally as a, just a big boom of just looking of love, of, uh, of passion, of explosion, of exploration, of all different mediums, right? And it's just like, and, but it, it's a whole thing. It's just, it's that anticipation mm -hmm. and that wait time, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's kind of like, I mean, okay, so we set it up. We're working at home. We're making the beats. Yes, we're networking. It's happening online. I can send this demo to point A, B, and C. But of course, all this you know, getting it out to the people in person, right? The recording and just taking it to the next level, yeah. right? Well, it's like we're 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 right there and we're ready to hear that gun go off and to explode. But I think that's going to happen. I honestly, you know, it it is, it is, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, it's going to be intense. No, definitely. I think what you're saying is really true, but I feel like we have to focus on that more because mm -hmm. even myself, like you know, it's easy to get down or discouraged because you kind of have not that much to look forward to compared to like life before but right. we do have to recognize like once things go back to normal which they will for sure or at least closer to normal than they are now mm -hmm. um people are going to be so excited and i feel like uh just encouraged to like do different things so it's going to create a lot of opportunities for like everything like people are just going to be like you said like energized and inspired because they were you know held down for so long it's it, it will be like an explosion so I feel like artists need to artists need to focus on or just creators in general need to focus on that and not let that stop them from creating things now. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, no, absolutely. Time, time doesn't wait for anyone, so there's no point. No, there. it does not. No, you know, you said it, man. Waste you said it. it. Don't waste it. See, Luca, that's the moment, man. That's <laughs> it. It's time for you to get into your British rap scene right now. <laughs> grime, Luca, you're a grime artist. <laughs> oh, jeez. It's all oh, drill. Drill is popping now. He's, he's a drill rapper now. <laughs> oh god <laughs> uh, i'm sorry i couldn't resist oh you're too much a little bit just a little over the top that's oh, okay god. all right everyone here is used to it <laughs> okay. yeah yeah no kidding. you got that right honestly yeah, it is how it is and that's that <laughs> All right. So, Manny, it's very clear to everybody that you have a passion for music and the art of it all. So I just really wanted to ask you, like, what does music mean to you specifically? Ooh. Well, that's good. Ooh. Man, that's like the biggest question of the year right there. <laughs> um, I mean, for me, I actually been I've been thinking a lot about this because I guess COVID, it gives you more time to just think because you're you know inside all the time mm -hmm. but uh i feel like music 
it just music equals life. Like that's what I always think about. Like it always in my head, it just comes back to that like uh, phrase or statement mm -hmm. because if, if you put on music or like a song you like, no matter what mood you're in, you're going to become happy. It's like mm -hmm. almost, well, at least for me, that's why I love it so much. I can't force others to, you know, everyone has their own interests and stuff, right. but music. Okay. I'll put it this way. Music has the power to create any energy or any emotion. So I feel like with that strength, it's like, I just, that's why I always go back to it because nothing else could, I guess, give that uh, feeling or not many other things. So um, yeah, music is life. Like it, mm -hmm. it can, you know, bring you up and it can make you feel things. And if there's bass, your body, you feel things inside your body. So it's not even just like a, you know, audible thing but it's, it could be a physical experience too and mm -hmm. that's why i love like shows and festivals concerts because that's pretty much the only place you could get those kind of experiences so mm -hmm. yeah i would just say music equals life like it's global um every culture different languages different races ethnicities and citizens of different countries all listen to music in different ways mm -hmm. and it's like it's just eternal. Like, I feel like it's existed forever and it's always going to exist as long as humans exist. It's, um, I feel like it's, if you're a spiritual person, it's something that can resonate on the deepest level. Mm -hmm. And so if you think of your body as like layers and then your inner, whatever you think, soul, or even just your heart, like music can affect that. And yeah. there's not that many things that can do that. So you know, it's a great thing. Like it's, it's something I love and for sure studying it, I think was a, a great way to be exposed to that at a young age. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's why one thing I always tell my friends and stuff, especially, you know, having kids and all that, like some other people, um, to always remind them to, uh, like expose their kids to creativity. It doesn't have to be music, but just whether it's like art or just being able to express yourself, theater yeah. or languages even, or even s different sciences. It's just creativity is key. So mm -hmm. I feel like music is one form of that. So true. Mm -hmm. Love that. So true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Like for real, like music is so powerful and it has like that ability to bring communities together and bring people together. Yeah. And, and like you're saying with the soul, you know, it has the ability to legit feed the soul and, you know, maybe get people to that next level or uh, heal someone or just, you know, just pump someone up. You know, it's just, it's such a powerful thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, whatever, it's whatever you need. It could pump mm -hmm. you up. It can make you a little bit sad or introspective or just, it can mm -hmm. do what you need. It's just, it's, it's like endless. It's bound, you know, boundaryless. Mm -hmm. All right. So what is your ultimate vision for the Montreal music scene and how will you continue to impact it down the world? I feel like <laughs> um, that's a great question. It's like a, it's a really all encompassing question for Montreal right now, because uh, like I said, I feel like it's the city's really in a period of growth mm -hmm. and like rapid growth. Cause obviously over time, you know, if there's creatives there, things are gonna, are gonna grow. But I feel like right now it's increasing at such a fast rate. Like the amount of artists that are creating music, it's, you know, it's easy to, to release music on Spotify, Apple Music, because you have all these distributions, DistroKid, TuneCore, United Masters. Anyone could sign up for an account and, and release music on Spotify. Like, it's really cheap. So with all those, I feel like um, all those platforms, it allows pretty much anyone to do it. And I guess maybe that's one of the things we're seeing in the city. But also, like I said, just inspiration, it, it feeds off really easily to other people so mm -hmm. um you know we have more artists creating and that's just going to spur more artists and more artists and the quality is is really good right now and yeah i feel like it's um it's growing and as long as we can continue to to do that but like i said we need to collaborate more i feel like that's mm -hmm. one of the main things like a lot of people are posting about it and, you know, we try to like reshare those stories and post as much as possible, but pretty much like if we focus on working together and like, you know, helping each other fill in the gaps that we have, then everyone's going to rise faster. Like mm -hmm. everyone's missing things or everyone has strengths and weaknesses. It's just human. So when you have different teams or different camps of artists, you know, there's no point in not, 
mixing those two and like collaborating if it's right. for the greater good because it's mm -hmm. just going to bring more attention and more opportunities to the whole city and i do think that's what's happening but it could happen at a like a, a higher rate so that's one thing i'm you know i work with a lot of other creatives and and different teams to sort of help encourage that and make make more stuff happen more more music happen mm -hmm. that was great mm. where do you see yourself going in, in, in the music scene do you think managing is like you're, you're you're like calling right now um i feel like honestly that's something i still like think about every day because you know things change and and your feelings and what you want change all the time mm -hmm. but um i just feel like the thing that matches my criteria like perfectly is like a and r work uh, so it's like you, you call yourself an a and r it's like artist and repertoire that's what it stands for and basically like a and r's often work like in labels so like in a corporate kind of setting and that's because they work with artists to like basically just help them create music and like sort of like i said before be an extension of their ears so it's mm -hmm. like you know they need help choosing songs for an album they're trying to structure a song and they need an opinion like they don't really know or they need uh, an instrument guy to come in and like do some you know some horns on a track it's like an anr kind of facilitates the music but really in like in the studio it's not so much a manager is often like you know you're dealing with financials you're dealing with contracts you're dealing with stuff like that a lot of business stuff but anr is really like it's like combining like a pr person and like a, an artist it's like you have the ears but you're also like social and you kind of deal with networking and and sort of that aspect of things mm -hmm. so i feel like that's my ideal thing like socially working with artists and creatives and producers and then also giving opinions for this you know because i feel like i have a good idea of what people enjoy listening to because you have to be able to be really open-minded but have a good knowledge of music where that you know what sounds good right so when you can come when you can be flexible and like learn what people like and like kind of be open to different trends and different sounds then you can apply that to like a greater audience and i feel like that's one thing i really like to do so yeah i would say a and r work but honestly pr a and r and, and management are all things that like have a a lot of the skills or they require a lot of the skills that i feel like i like to you know hone and like work on mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. that's why i like to to do those things and i feel like it's it's been you know growing a lot so i'm just going to continue and continue trying to have a positive impact on the the scene here and, and with the artists and the creatives and see what happens really boom mm -hmm. right in the sweet spot of that process man <laughs> exactly that it's i didn't know what an a and r was like when i was younger you don't really know those kind of label positions right like mm -hmm. I, you don't know the structure of a of a Def Jam records or like Interscope. I don't know what that, I didn't know what that it was, was when I was younger. But mm -hmm. like I said, the passion for music spurred like singing more and that spurred mm -hmm. like drumming and that spurred like producing on the computer after, you know, school because that's all I could do. And that with like connecting, I love connecting with people and like, you know, being around people and just being positive and, you know, being social and mm -hmm. yeah, combining those two things together. It's it's like A&R work, management, stuff like that. So that's what I've been doing. And it's been really fun. Honestly, it's been great it's up to now. And I hope it continues to be like that too. Yes, sir. Yes, that's sir. Really awesome. Yeah. Thanks. It was. God damn. <laughs> Manny Matthews right there. Alan, I uh, hit Alan in the fields. <laughs> you did. You did. Because this is, it, it's a beautiful thing. Because like I said, we almost have 20 years, you and I, right? And looking at that growth, you know, like, it's just, I, I'm, I'm left for, for how to describe it with words. And I can't, I could just say that I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you. You know, I'm happy that you you came on and you're talking about what you're doing. And it's at the end of the day, it's not just for you. As you said, it. it's about that collaboration. Mm -hmm. That is the biggest goal at the end of the day. Right. And if you being here and we could help you do that, you know, and the other way around, then that you, you're already on the right track. You know, the, that community is on the right track. For yeah. sure. No, for sure. I agree. And it's it's a really, you know, it's encouraging. But I feel like um, also I just wanted to say, well, thank you, first of all. Thanks for that. I appreciate that. And it's You're funny, like I, when I talk to you guys and you kind of say, oh, I'm not surprised. Like it makes sense. And you tell me stories of things we've said. It's like it's, 
things kind of work out how they're supposed to a lot of the time if you follow what feels right. Mm -hmm. Um, so I feel like that's, you know, I just follow what feels right and it usually doesn't lead me wrong. Um, and I just wanted to say, yeah, what you guys are doing is amazing too. Uh, just like shedding or shining more light on like mental health and just sort of just different things is like, it's a really great thing. And I feel like you're putting a lot of positive like energy out with each podcast. I try to listen as much as possible, uh, and share it and stuff too. You know, it's, it's a great thing. So. I would like to just say, like, keep keep you know, going with it too, you know. Thank you, my good sir. Yes, for sure. That's it. That's what we're doing. That's what we're exactly. doing. Exactly. No, I know you're hustling with it, so it's good. Like, yeah, it's man. Good to, like, you need to have ideas, but also set goals because you actually want to yes. get stuff done. You know. Yes. Like, that's one thing I try to apply with artists. It's like, if there's one thing school taught me, it's like you have to do things you don't like sometimes to get the final results. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, you can have these ideas and you want to discuss these topics, but you guys put in the time and the research and getting guests and getting graphics done and to make it f- happen. And it's, you know, it's not an easy thing. So it's a no, great thing. Thank you though. for that. That's, that, that's deeply appreciated, you know, <laughs> and we get it, you know, from one medium to the next, you know, it's, it's the grind, you know, mm-hmm. for sure. But, the uh, human ha- grind. It's like life. Yes, sir. It's life. Yeah. It's a life grind, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone's on shit their on a t-shirt. It's cliche, yeah. but really, everyone's on their own journey, and it's like, yeah. well, as it. long as you respect it and like you're not, it's just, it's really easy to coexist with people and create good things. Yeah. So mm-hmm. people have to focus on that more. Like it's not a hard thing, and it's it's always it's more enjoyable at the end of the day, you know. That's yeah. true. So that yeah. that's what we're doing, and I feel like that's why we're we're all happy. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Hey. <laughs> Um, all right, dude. So 51. We're, oh, geez. 51. <laughs> we're about to wrap this up, you know? Yeah. Time flies. Um, but as you know, um, I forgot to tell you in advance, but no, he knows do what you, to do. You know what to do. Do you know what to do by the end of the episode? What we typically like to have our guests say some magic words. We are Alpha Relations, driving change forward. Oh, it's goddamn. Yes. 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 Oh. There we go. Okay. Yeah. He did the little Alan thing. <laughs> What's that? What's that? Hello. Every time he starts, his voice goes, hello. <laughs> I do that. Or I go, That's hey. That's hey. 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 <laughs> you know, they like it. You know who you are out there. Oh, you know? God. <laughs> it was good, though. That was great. That was pretty solid. Thanks. Thanks. All right, Thanks. Manny. Yo, thank you for coming on. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're thank gonna have all the, all the artists down link below in the description. Yes. Also follow Manny, who have him his stuff down in the, in the description as well. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're from YouTube, hit that subscribe button, uh, turn on post notifications, never miss a post, and also hit that follow button if you're on other platforms to hear our future episodes. Yes, sir. Oh. Yeah. Right. Bye. Bye. Bye.